0: Hey, Teresa, do you want to hear my joke about leftovers? Sure. Ah, I'll save it for later. It's Schmanners. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was really good. Really Thank good. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much. That was a Travis original. Hello. You're listening. Hello, Internet. There it you're is. You're listening to Schmanners. I'm your host. Tra- nope. Oh. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And
1: I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette.
0: For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. I was so Do you think proud. we should
1: chuck that one in the bin?
0: No. Oh. ah.
1: ah. Uh,
0: I was so proud of my joke that I forgot how our intro went. <laughs> I and saw that. am also recovering from uh, dental work this yeah, morning. Yeah, you've so had it's...
1: a lot of dental surgery recently, like in the last week recently.
0: Like in the last month, but yes. Um, well, you
1: were at the dentist last week too, right?
0: I, who knows? It well, all runs I, together. Yeah, I'm, I I'm getting so. a bunch of like uh, old fillings from when I was like, you know, 15, 16 replaced. Um, and now with like composite, anyway, this is not anyway. important, none of this matters, but yeah, I was in the dentist this morning, anyways. Um, so we are talking about a subject that oh, also, it's super cold here. Um, <laughs> I'm talking about we're talking about a subject this week that is near and dear to my heart mm-hmm. leftovers,
1: right? Now, when you and I started living together, our adventure living together. You were not so keen on leftovers. No, 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 You were not keen on leftovers, and I always was trying to serve you leftovers that I had re-kind of imagined, and you were not into it.
0: Okay, but we're talking about two different things.
1: All right, all right, fine.
0: I love leftovers, madam, but I love leftovers as like snack food. I love it as, like, it's there, and it's done, and it's ready to eat. Like, also, you you can't deny this. Also, when we started dating, I used to do this thing where I would go to a restaurant and order two meals. That
1: is true. Specifically saying, I'm going to eat that.
0: this for lunch tomorrow. Like, that kind of, the take home from a restaurant that was like my thing now you are not wrong in that food that was in the fridge that we'd like made from another meal i would often overlook as like that's old food and i'm looking mm-hmm. for new food mm-hmm. so yes we we're talking also about you had
1: things. this weird thing about food safety like
0: that is also true and i i'd worked a couple restaurant jobs where i had to watch those like Danger zone videos where it's like, food needs to be kept. That's what it was called. This... You called
1: it the danger zone. Yes. I get it. And, I and, and
0: so food that had sat out for too long or that I thought was too old, like, I was terrified.
1: When you say too long, what you mean is the process of making, serving, and then boxing the meal. Yes. Was too long? Like No, 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 no. Uh... You know, more of just like, well, yes. I I would never serve you food that had left, that I had left out longer than it took to make it and eat it. I know. Like for real.
0: I know. I know. And I know that that was just like a hang up I had of just like for so long of like, and I'll still do it now where like if I'm done eating dinner before you I'll immediately start putting food into mm-hmm. like Tupperware and putting it away in the yeah. refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to talk about how much I love <laughs> leftovers and this is Wait, has I have one more my, leftover
1: ugh. story. This is actually a Smurl story. Oh. Um apparently when Justin and Sydney started getting together when That
0: sounds when they first started dating for serious, uh, not like hooking up. Hey, hey, family show. Okay.
1: So when they first started uh, their adventure together, when there would be leftover pizza, Sydney, not yet a doctor, would say, let's just put it in the oven overnight. That'll keep it fine. And Justin T. McElroy would freak out. I agree. Freak out about it. Now, here's the thing. If you had the oven on low... Like at 200 and you kept it in there all night, you would have some seriously dried out pizza, but it would still be safe. Yeah. Um. But what she was talking about is that her family had developed a tradition of just leaving leftover pizza in the oven overnight instead of the refrigerator.
0: Yeah, I don't feel so good about that. That's definitely dangerous uh, material. But you know what? Here's the thing. This is where I've come to now in my old age. Mm -hmm. If you eat the food, and if you can eat the food without getting sick, it's fine, whatever. (laughs) Because this is the thing of like I, I. This is how I feel in general. Whenever somebody talks about like a cuisine that maybe is served somewhere else, like in another culture, another country, or whatever, and they're like, "What? Ew!" And it's like, okay, well, hold on. First of all. If people are repeatedly eating it, then it has to at least be palatable to them. And two, it's not making them sick. So right. like, I, that's just, anyways, sure. I think we have a lot of hangups about food just because we're not used to it. But then if you eat it and it's like, this is good, this is fine. And
1: now you're used to leftovers.
0: This is true. Now, I, have
1: I, to, I also have to say that uh, when you first took your first business trip, After B.B. was born and I was at home by myself, you can bet that I made a lasagna and ate that same lasagna all five days. You were gone.
0: (laughs) Okay, cool.
1: I'm into leftovers. Okay, I'm not judging you. Okay, all right. I love them.
0: Hey, let's talk a little bit about history.
1: Okay. So... Let's I see. don't
0: do the two meals thing anymore. That's no, he doesn't I don't do that. That was a level of extravagance that even I, Travis McQuay, <laughs> grew out of. It was too bougie.
1: I think at first it started with you were you felt that you were so hungry you needed two meals. And then you were like, well, no, I can't actually eat two meals right now, so I'll take this one and eat it for lunch tomorrow. And then the next step was, well, I really like it when I have leftover food, so I'm going to order two meals. Yes.
0: I, I, And this is still a thing that I will do uh, seemingly on purpose now, is plan for leftovers and say yeah. like, oh, yeah, I know I'm ordering too much, but the food's not going to go to waste. I'll just keep eating it.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. So way back in ancient Rome, um, there was actually a, a an etiquette around leftovers. So when the Romans did, as they do, lounging when they ate, um, there was a cloth uh, that they kind of laid next to them on the couch. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, and the couch was called a triclinium. You're welcome for that. Um, they had this cloth that they were supposed to bring with them um, called the Ma- Mapa? Mapa. Okay. One of those, you know. Um, and so this cloth that they brought with them was used to take some of the leftover food as kind of a you know, an honoring of the host because if there was enough food for this banquet that there was even some left over, it really made the host feel awesome and special like they had done something, you know, over the top.
0: Because they had provided not just enough food, but enough food plus then some. How generous of them. That right? kind of deal? Got it.
1: That's it. Um, And this was also kind of the first... Well, really, the second iteration of the napkin. Nap, sorry, <laughs> napkin. I was trying to read and speak at the same time. Yeah. It wasn't working. Mm. Um, which also has a relative in the sudarium, which is Latin for handkerchief. Gotcha. So this mappa is kind of like
0: mappa napkin. Mm. Uh, they kind of sound a little similar, I guess.
1: Perhaps, perhaps. Um, but the real napkin uh, probably started out as the a uh, pom de jelly. I uh, who knows which was basically bread, right? So it oh was, yeah 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 you mop was, up stuff with it, right? Um, It was a lump of dough that was cut into small pieces and rolled and kneaded at the table. So you kind of... It wasn't really cooked bread. It was dough that you kind of flattened out to protect the table from the food.
0: Okay. I like this. Edible plates.
1: Yeah, kind of.
0: Well, I say that like I just invented that. But like there's a lot of dishes. Like
1: truncheons.
0: Yeah. And like I I think a lot of like... Is non used that way or is that just how I use it? It's well, not important. Non
1: is used a lot to pick up the food. Yeah, from communal plates. So,
0: That's more like edible like utensils, I guess. Non is like edible utensils. It's not important. I'm just trying to build my everything's edible restaurant. Oh yes.
1: yeah. Um even though this kind of bundling of leftovers It's called eat it
0: exclamation point. And then when someone's like, "But what about the glass?" I'm just like, "Eat it." But the glass isn't edible. And that was a horrible mistake. And I shouldn't have said that. And, you know, so that's why Eat It V1 is going to get heavily sued. Because, like, everyone will think, like that scene in Willy Wonka, everyone's like, everything's eatable, but it's not. Like, only about half the stuff is, and it's not labeled. And I don't tell people when they come in. And I'm so sorry. Please don't sue.
1: What a fantastic fantasy life you lead. It's pretty good. Anyway. So the wrapping of food in in napkins survives the time um, basically through all of like Eastern Europe um, and is reiterated in the Regency period when wealthy landowners would bless the tenants of their lands with scraps from their table Mm. bound in cloth like cheesecloth sometimes or in actually like. Bits of rags.
0: Okay. Oh, they did this on Super Sizer's Go. That's right. right. Oh, they they did. go through and say, like, here's a lot of bread.
1: Right. Well, because this is a time when the, the separation of wealth between people is really expanding a lot. Um, so it was considered charity work. Yeah. And I mean, pretty much necessary because these people who are living on your land were being taxed heavily. For, and weren't
0: allowed to hunt and weren't on the allowed land, to hunt. And, exactly. Yeah, or and probably I'm. This is guessing, but I'm guessing cultivate the land that you own for their own benefit, so they couldn't like grow enough food to feed themselves. They were
1: allowed to keep a certain percentage, okay. but most of it went to the landowner. So the food from the landowner's table was often given to kind of like placate the masses. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, leftovers continued being that sort of thing for the rich, but it was really a necessity for people, um, like you said, like working the fields. That's where the whole thing of peas, porridge, hot, peas, porridge, cold, peas, porridge in the pot, nine days old.
0: Because you would make peas, porridge, right? and then eat on it for days and days and
1: days. Right. So you would make one large meal and it stayed on the fire, just cooking and cooking and cooking. Um, bread was also made batchly like this because there were usually communal ovens, um, and, and so, there's lots
0: of foods like that, like like beans are something that you right? can make and then eat on for a while. Mm-hmm. Like rice is something you can make and then eat on for a while.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um,
0: Salted food, like you know, I I mean like cured, not just like salty right, food. Right, right, right. Not just like we have potato chips
1: <laughs> and uh, the pie is actually an incarnation of leftovers starting way back in the medieval period where you would make a large meat pie in a what was called a coffin. But it was basically a very sturdy crust of this pie. And the pies were usually filled with meat and, you know, dried fruit and spices if you could afford them. And this was something that you would just eat on until it was gone for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, it survived through the Elizabethan period, all the way up to Edwardian, where these leftover pies were often served three times a day. Wow. Yeah. But. But then m- but then I
0: gotta say that I've made some really tasty leftovers that I've eaten like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for three days.
1: Yeah. I am known to do that with uh, spaghetti.
0: I've done that with Thanksgiving many times. Many
1: times. Um. But as far as like leftovers takeaway, uh, which is really where the bulk of our questions center around, Mm -hmm. uh, the doggy bag, at least the name, really wasn't coined until after World War II. Um,
0: Is it to take food home to your dog?
1: Exactly, where diners were encouraged to take the leftovers, including bones. Don't do that, by the way. Right. Don't 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 do that.
0: Don't give your animals bones from the table, uh, especially not chicken bones, but like because they're not really designed. They're most likely to splinter and get shards stuck in the animal's mouth or esophagus or tummy. So don't do that. Don't do that. Just go to the store.
1: But it very quickly like store bought. Okay. Okay. It very quickly became clear that diners were not saving food for their pets. They were saving it for themselves to eat later. Uh The doggy bag has kind of, you know, evolved between, you know, the leaner years of post-World War II um, and then back again during recessions as as being thrifty. Right. But also now the doggy bag is kind of reincarnated as um, protecting against food waste. Okay. Because a lot of our sanitary rules, especially regarding restaurants, like you talked about earlier, um, anything that has been eaten off of even a little bit has to go in the trash. Mm. Um, I know that there are other rules, like if something gets sent back for not being the right thing, if it hasn't been touched, like the kitchen staff can sometimes have it. But I digress. If it's off of your plate and you haven't finished it, it needs to go in the trash or you prevent that food waste by taking it home. Now, sometimes when I take home leftovers, they go in the trash anyway because I forget about them. <laughs> but but you've given them a chance. have <laughs> given them a second chance. This is um,
0: a, I, I'm of two minds in general about the, the take home doggy mm-hmm. bag, right? Because so one of the things, Teresa and I uh, have been making an effort to eat more mindfully and like think about, and, and this is something I've realized that when I used to eat way faster and like order with my eyes instead of my stomach, right, is like I would always put too much on my plate and then have stuff left over because, like, instead of having eat some, see if I'm still hungry, eat some, see if I'm still hungry, that mm-hmm. kind of deal. And so I feel like that's – I've reduced a lot of take-home leftovers from just, like, not ordering three appetizers. Right. You know, and just, like, picking one or just getting mains or whatever. Um, But so on the one hand, I think leftover take-home is a good thing to not waste food. Mm -hmm. But also I do think that we could reduce the amount of food waste by just – not ordering more than we need and having multiple courses. If you're still, I know that said, it sounded like multiple horses, (laughs) but I meant multiple courses. If you're still hungry, you know? And so that is something I've seen of like, I, you know, I wouldn't claim that I've spent enough time in other, you know, countries or whatever to make this statement, but maybe in other countries, it's just that portion sizes are smaller and then we're,
1: that is definitely a thing that is prevalent in the U.S. is that the plates are just so large, the plate of food. And really, if you finish it, that could be your entire day caloric intake. So taking some home is something that's very American, as are extra large portion sizes.
0: I mean, we just went to Cheesecake Factory the other day and they list like the calorie count on the meals. On Thank the... you.
1: Though. I like that. I, listen,
0: I appreciate it. But, like, a lot of those calorie counts are like, well, but hold on. That would literally be my whole day of go- – like, one slice of cheesecake is, like, my whole day. And sometimes <laughs> that's worth it. But, yeah, so I, I, I will say that I think that what when I would jump to, like, yeah, but if you don't do leftovers, it's just such a waste of food. That's me assuming that the plate is as full – as I would normally see it at, at places I go to now, right? You know what I mean.
1: Um, it is still very much a, a you know a thing for the U.S. culture, and as recently as 2016, France actually had to pass a law to require restaurants to have doggy bags available because you know culturally it was seen that. If you wanted to take food home, you didn't enjoy it there or or something where it was not as honorable, right, to take it home.
0: I, okay, listen, I try to be open to other customs. I try to be open to other beliefs. But if you don't do take home leftovers, then you don't know the joy <laughs> of like driving home from somewhere and then thinking like, oh, <gasps> I've got that. Have a sandwich in the fridge. Like, (laughs) you don't like that. It's gone from maybe it's been 48 hours since you brought it home. And boom, you've just remembered that you have that like chicken carbonara or whatever. You know what I mean? Like,
1: I think it has more to do with the language of doggy bag. Than yeah, it does that's unappetizing. For like the feeling it is it's kind of, you know, it has that origin of this is the food I'm going to give my dogs. So I can I can assume that someone who is unfamiliar with the history, especially if they are, you know, a highly trained chef might feel like so you didn't want to eat this food because it's bad enough for you to take home for your pets. Mm. That's terrible. So um, in kind of a, a rebranding of the doggy bag. In France, it's called Le Gourmet Bag.
0: Oh.
1: See, I like
0: that. That's nice. Because that's the thing. Let's let's switch our minds over from, I'm going to give this to my dog, to this is so good, I'm going to save from some for later so I can experience it all over again. Because that's how this guy thinks about it. And I'm pointing it myself, but you can't see. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Let's answer some questions, but before we do, how about a thing you know to our sponsors? Sounds great. Teresa, can I tell you about Quip?
1: Please do.
0: And I know what you're wondering, Travis, what's Quip? This is a world in which you haven't heard about Quip before.
1: Oh, okay, Travis, what's Quip?
0: Ah, thank you so much, Teresa, for asking. You know, teeth brushing? I do it. But you know how there, that's the old stuff. Everyone's like, why even toothbrush anymore? Right? Well, good news. Quip is changing the game, revolutionizing the toothbrushes' experiences. Yep. Mm-hmm. Basically. No, not basically, awesomely, (laughs) it is an electric toothbrush, but I would say like 1% bigger than the size of a standard toothbrush. So out are all those like bulky electric toothbrushes that are like three feet tall and like, you know, the size of a baseball bat. I've
1: never seen those.
0: They're big. They're big and clunky. Uh I'm speaking hyperbolically, but you understand what I mean. They're large. Okay. They're clunky is what I'm saying, but not quip.
1: And they take up a lot of counter space yes, too because you have the like charging station and the cord and like all that. But business. not Quip
0: because not Quip? Quip comes with a mirror mount that doubles as a travel case. They've thought of everything. It's got a gentle pulse. So it's also not like, you know, going to vibrate your whole head off. That's terrifying. This image I've just created. Yeah. And it has timed pulses so you know when to switch to a different area of your mouth. And then it's like when it's done, it's done.
1: You know, you've brushed your teeth long enough. For two whole minutes, which, you know, before Quip, I would have said, yeah, I brushed my teeth for two minutes. The first time you put that Quip in your mouth, you realize you have never brushed your teeth for two yep. minutes before you started a timer for it.
0: And you can get on a dentist recommended schedule for every three months for just $5 to get new brush heads delivered to you. It's a great deal. And it's one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. So you know it's good quality. So they have over one million happy mouths that love Quip, and we want to make that one million and one. Quip starts at just 20- More than
1: one million and one.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, but the one is you, is what I was saying. Oh, okay. okay. So Quip starts at just $25, and you go to getquip.com slash schmanners, and you'll get your first refill pack free. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash schmanners.
1: Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We're talking about how the creative process is in itself an art form, in our opinion. There are underlying forms and structures that serve as a scaffolding for any creative endeavor. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. New episodes will be coming every other Monday. Starting January 28th. Please listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast.
0: Is there a dog in a car at a bar on the street? Yay!
1: I'm Alec like Ringo, a small dog owner. My dog, Pistachio, howls when she's excited. And I'm Renee Culvert, a big dog owner. My dog, Tugboat, tips over when he's sleepy. And we co-host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog that airs every Tuesday. We bring you all things dog. Yes, dog news, dog tech, dogs we met this week. We also have pretty famous guests on Butt Legs. We're not gonna let them talk about their projects. No, just want to hear about those dogs. We don't want to hear about your stuff. Only your dogs. So join us every Tuesday on Max Fun.
0: Okay, we got some questions here. This question is from Mia. Any suggestions for how to handle someone throwing out your leftovers? Coming home but to find that thing I was looking forward to eating all day is now gone completely. Is now gone completely short circuits all my Daniel Tiger esque coping mechanisms.
1: Um so here's what I'd recommend. I don't know if there is a way to keep people from pitching things if the the zone that they are in is shared space. I think what you need to do is divide your refrigerator or wherever you keep the leftovers, maybe it's in the freezer or the pantry too. Divide those areas into specific person's zones um and you know make the rule that if it's in my zone don't touch it it's mine
0: i would also recommend that especially i I've, i this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine in general if you are a restaurant owner or a restaurant i don't know person switch to paper Containers, not styrofoam. Not just just don't use styrofoam. Take home containers, but sometimes you get these big, like square ones that are like they just give you no matter how much food you're taking home. Oh,
1: okay, so it's about size.
0: Yeah, it takes up a lot of room in the fridge, and most of the time, if I'm thinking about throwing away leftovers, it's because I'm making room in the fridge for stuff, and I'm like, well, this has been in here too long to throw it away. So transfer it to like some kind of smaller storage container that you have. That then you could also be at a roommate or a partner you're living with or whatever that you can say to them, like, hey, don't throw away stuff that's like in storage containers without asking me first. Right. Or just like the other thing is like text the person and be like, hey, just in case you start cleaning out, please don't throw away that half of a cheesecake. I can't wait to eat it. <laughs> um, This is from Carrie. Can you serve your guests' leftovers? How casual does the gathering have to be for this to be acceptable?
1: Um, I think that i would I would not feel qualms about serving leftovers to my family or to my close friends, um especially if it's a uh if it's a friendly get together that has a lot of different options. so like I don't feel bad about serving nubs of like little nubs of cheese that might be left or yes. like different types of crackers kind of throwing them all in the same bowl i agree with that or things like that uh you know maybe i have a whole i have two or three jars of olives and i throw it all in the same bowl I agree you know with that, that kind too. of stuff um that i think is a okay um if you are attempting to impress with a meal say a date or maybe you're a, a dinner party or your in-laws. If you're are doing a dinner party something. in
0: general, you shouldn't offer like leftovers as your mains or side or you, dishes or whatever.
1: Or you need to be super covert about it because if you're going to serve leftovers, it seems kind of, you know, casual. Yeah. And it really depends on like the feeling you're trying to convey at this dinner. So if you're going to be, if you're real sneaky about it, I could, I bet you could serve something batch-bakey like casserole or lasagna or something like that, um, which are usually better the second day well,
0: anyway. I, here's what it really is, is I don't necessarily think it's that leftovers, uh, I've learned from my, my old ways, that they're bad or in any way like you're offering second-rate something. I think it's more a matter of not wanting to convey that you didn't think about your guests so sure. like what what you want to avoid is the the um sending the message of like oh I guess I better feed them uh I don't know this right where as if you said come over I've got tons of Thanksgiving leftovers that we could just eat on like that kind of thing of right. like we are doing this is the plan and it not that you're an afterthought
1: to dress them up um, we've talked about this I think right when you made those leftover like Thanksgiving balls it mm-hmm. was almost like he like chopped up leftovers and rolled them all together with some egg and breadcrumbs and, yes. and sauteed them fried them real good. And, oh man they were amazing. I think that is a really great way to dress up your leftovers and nobody has to know that it's Thanksgiving leftovers and you, I would even serve that. For a very special dinner That was good
0: Thank you Um, I also say Just if you're looking for Like party themes Invite everyone to come over In comfy clothes And bring their leftovers And (laughs) do like a leftover potluck
1: A leftover potluck Sounds great Doesn't that sound like a great idea? Uh, Especially after a big holiday
0: Right? Because it's like Maybe you're getting bored With your leftovers But I'd be very excited To eat some of your leftovers Right? So we can all swap around And that's a great idea And I've had lunch
1: already But I'm hungry again
0: I know Uh, (laughs) This is from Squigs When you brought food to a party, is it more appropriate to take leftovers home or leave them for the host and possibly come collect the container later?
1: Okay. So it's a little bit of a cultural difference, these two things. The first one being as the host, maybe in your culture, you are expected to send people home with a plate of food. If that is the case, you should also return that plate or Tupperware or whatever. Um, and it might also be in your culture that the host is exp- is like takes the leftovers as kind of like the thank you for hosting. Um, and then there's even the third option of if you don't know which one this is, just ask. Yeah. Say, um, I... I brought this pie. If you don't want the rest of it, I can take it back with me. Perfect. Or something like that. Um, it never really hurts to ask, but I think that it's always about offering I think than that, it is about assuming.
0: I think this also falls into a thing that we talk about many, many, many times, which is taking people at their word when you mm-hmm. ask questions like this. Because this is another thing of like, I know that when I host there's always so much food left over that if it was all left at our house, we are, even if we ate on it at every meal, gonna have to throw some away, right? And so it always is a little frustrating to me when I'm like, oh, no, take it. And they're like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Just leave it here. And I'm like, no, no, I'm telling please take it <laughs> huh? I don't want it. Right? And I think that there's a fear of, like, seeming ungrateful or, like, ungrateful ungrateful whatever you don't have gratefulness even gratuitous yeah but I think that like just talk about it I also know that I as a host especially if it's like a big meal like if we're talking about you know coming up like the Super Bowl and there's gonna be a ton of food or like Thanksgiving or a big Christmas party I will like go to the store and buy some like cheap Tupperware stuff and have it there to, like, hand to people right. and say, take this, don't worry about giving it back to me.
1: I really love the That's idea. like a party of, favor. Of making the plates, right? So if everyone gets a plate to take home, even if that plate is in a container, then they have a little bit of everything. Yes. You know, so that you don't, I, if I made a lasagna and I want to take home some of the pie instead, that way we can kind of share the love around.
0: Yeah, this one is from Brenna. If everyone has finished their food at a restaurant, but I'm still working on my plate, is it more polite to ask for a to-go box even if I'm not full yet, or can I finish eating?
1: Um, this, again, depends on the situation. Is this a business lunch? Is this a gathering of friends? Is this you and your mom out for lunch? Like- there's
0: a uh, There's also a more important factor, too, than that, I would say. Do you have somewhere to be?
1: Mm -hmm. Right, or do they have somewhere to be? Right,
0: so like if you're all going to a movie after dinner, right, or if it's like getting late and they have like a babysitter or something that they have to get back to, that's a factor I would consider pretty heavy.
1: Right, right Um, if it is. A situation with that kind of urgency or a more formal situation, I would say yes. If everyone else is finished, ask for a box so you can finish yours. I don't know. Maybe you don't have to be back at work. You can finish it in the car. Um, but it, it's about the urgency of the situation. But if I'm out with my friends for an evening or a lunch maybe and we don't have anywhere to go, I'll keep eating. Maybe they just were... You know, too fast. I don't
0: know. Yeah, this is, especially if you're in a circumstance where, like, there was something in the kitchen where your food was delayed. Like, that happens all the time. That's fine, whatever. You know, because here's the thing: this is another another one of those scenarios we talk about all the time. <laughs> but like, don't let yourself project anxiety onto your other companions of like they want me to rush. When probably they don't care and you're completely making yourself feel that way, right? So if you are worried about it, once again, say like, hey, like, do you, like, I know I'm not done yet. Do we all want to take off because I can finish this later, right? And if they're like, no, finish it, then take them at their word and enjoy your food, right? Because everybody eats at different speeds and, you know, you're probably, this is another thing that I wonder if it's cultural of like, if you look at the restaurant experience that I'm used to here in the U S is like the meal is done when the food is completed and then you get your check. And so mm-hmm. instead of like, yeah, no, you get your food. And then once you're done now begins the conversation portion of it. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's interesting that you think about how much of the time leading up to food coming is talking about what food you're going to get. <laughs> and then the food comes and you eat it. And then you leave them like, Oh, I forgot to talk to them. Oh no. So I think it's totally fine. Uh this question is from Little Sandwich. In your opinions, how long is too long for leftovers in the fridge?
1: Hmm. Twenty four hours. No. Too long for me is a week. If it hasn't if it's still within the week time frame, if I, you know, reheat the the crap out of it, I think it'll be fine.
0: As long as it doesn't look funny, smell funny.
1: and, And no smells.
0: Then it's probably fine.
1: Right. A week is, is my limit.
0: I'm trying to think if there's any like specific food that would give me pause. Uh no. I think but once again, this is another thing. If if this is a concern you have, which it is for me, transfer from like a loose box that this kind of clothes that you take home to like a container that seals. You know That's what I mean? That's a great idea. That way your food will last longer and also not share smells or absorb <laughs> smells with other things in the fridge. Uh, this is from Ang. What's the protocol on work dinner leftovers, specifically appetizer shared plates? Is it appropriate to ask for them to be boxed as long as you offer them to your coworkers first?
1: Um, I think that uh, it depends on the the type of work dinner. Is this a business dinner between a client and uh, a? And a business? Is this a business dinner between you and your boss? Is this a business dinner with just the coworkers, everyone yeah. on an even playing field? I think that the only time you can ask for anyone else's leftovers besides what has been on your specific plate is at the third scenario with your coworkers on yes. a level playing field. The other two scenarios, uh, I don't want to talk about like power moves. It's just not done. It's yeah. it's not considered polite to to ask about the other things because it's not the topic of conversation usually. It 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 just muddies the waters.
0: I was there's always exceptions to every rule,
1: of course. right? Where
0: like if you're super close with your boss or whatever and you feel comfortable saying it or if it's been a really relaxed conversation like yeah, go for it. But in general, I agree that I think it's a weird look to be like, especially like if you're not paying for anything, Mm -hmm. I think it feels weird to voluntarily say like, I would like to take all of it. Now, if they offer, if they say like, yeah, no, take it home. I don't, Oh, I don't, does anybody else want that kind of thing? Now it's fair game.
1: I think that if you want to broach the situation though, you can say, I would like to take some of the calamari home. Would anyone else like some? Yeah.
0: I think so too. Uh one last question here. Um let's see. This is from Jeeves. How much food is acceptable to doggy bag at a restaurant? For example, if there's a three-course set menu and you are full after two courses, is it acceptable to ask for the entire dessert to go or should I make an effort to eat at least a few bites before bagging the rest?
1: Um I think that in that specific situation it is completely acceptable. The three courses that you've paid for or are planning on paying for are yours. If you choose to, I don't know, eat the dessert first and box the other two courses up, that's your prerogative. Um, In a situation, you know, Travis and I, we usually take dessert to go because we have a child (laughs) who needs to be home to go to bed at a certain time, but I want to enjoy dessert with my meal. So... We sometimes even order dessert to go. Yes. Um, I, think- I
0: I would say that in general is a good tip. Like yeah. if you know like I'm not going to be able to finish this here, go ahead and ask for it to go. So it cuts down on like their cleaning time and so cuts down on trips they have to make back and forth and that right. kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think the idea of like if you know you're not going to eat it there and you're going to take it home with you, I don't think there's any benefit to waiting for it to come, taking a bite off of it, and then sending it back to be. I actually think that that makes it look more like you didn't like it than if you just preemptively say, like, could I get that boxed up to go? You know what I mean? Before it comes right. out to you. Um, And, you know, also because, like I mentioned, mindful eating is the thing I've been working on. If you don't want to take a bite of if you're not <laughs> hungry... Don't force yourself to do it. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe if you're in a scenario where like you have a host who's like more and you know, they'll be kind of upset if you're like, <laughs> no. Right. But other than that, like, don't don't hurt yourself with food. I've been down that road too many times where you're like, well, I got to go lay down for 12 hours now. <laughs> Why did I eat three sandwiches? Don't do that. Come on.
1: Take it from unless who you knows. really want to. <laughs> All
0: right, folks, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Um, big exciting announcement! Uh, we've got that tour coming up here on February seventh. We're going to be in Birmingham, Alabama, and then on February 9th and tenth, we're going to be in New Orleans. Um, my brother, my brother and me, in Adventure Zone are the headliners. But at the at both of the my brother and my brother and me shows, which is the seventh in Birmingham and the tenth in New Orleans. Uh, both Schmaners and Sawbones are going to be opening, um, and we are very excited about that. So if you are a fan of Sawbones, if you're a fan of Schmaners, if you're a fan of My Brother, My Brother, Me, or The Adventure Zone, or just having a good time, <laughs> go to um and then at the top there, click on Tours and get your tickets now, uh, and
1: we're so excited to see you there. Also, if... You have a topic suggestion for us for either of those shows, please submit it to our email schmannerscast at gmail dot com, um, and make sure you title it with "for the Alabama show" yeah. or or something like that. Uh,
0: especially, oh, can I say especially yeah. if you like have an idea for like a biography to specific to like an etiquette manners person from either Birmingham or new Orleans. That would be very exciting. I think that'd be super fun. So if you're like, here's a person that you probably don't know about, but they are famous here in Birmingham for being great. Let us know. Um, and go check out all the other maximumfun.org shows they're great we i think we've just added like two new ones it seems like every week we're adding new amazing shows so go check those out um you can follow us on twitter at spainers cast also at macroy.family you can find our merch where we have a really super cute t-shirt with hello my dear and hello my dove on it as well as a pin set uh with the same designs by kate leth those are incredible uh what else Teresa?
1: Thank you to Brent Bruntlefloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassell for our Twitter thumbnail art and to Keely Weiss Photography for our cover banner for the fan run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. I've been checking out a lot of some of really great questions, some really good advice. So if you enjoy what we do here on Schmanners, join that group and you'll find some like-minded individuals.
0: And I think that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: Schmanners, Schmanners, get it?